0: Today at Sound Connections, we're going to explore the theme of the accidental founder. We're going to have a guest. It's going to be Sonda Peterson. He is the co founder of Mintix, a blockchain ticketing system that we have developed here on the Kibble Entertainment. I hope you get some perspectives on how it is to be a new founder. Oh, guys, yeah, so I've been looking forward to this episode. It's uh, with a couple of my friends, a couple of my colleagues, um, and. As most of probably know by now, we have some episodes that's interviewing uh, industry leaders, and then we have some episodes interviewing ourselves and uh, probably not industry leaders. But I think (laughs) we we're on a journey to become something. And what we're going to talk about today is something really interesting. Mintix, which is one of our companies, uh, which is a blockchain-based ticketing system. Um, And Sonda here, who is the CEO of Mintix, we're going to talk about your journey and. Sort of where we are now, and and it's going to be the overall theme of the accidental founder. Because but today is, is is going to be really fun, I think, because I'm. Uh, it's been a project I've been extremely passionate about. So, Sondra, who are you? Uh, where do you come from? Just a brief introduction yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm uh, Sondra. I'm 26 years old, and I've been doing a lot of different stuff over the years, and tried out some different studies. Found out it wasn't for me. And then I suddenly got into the whole blockchain web tree space with learning more about how crypto works and NFTs. Yeah. And just seeing a potential for the future. And that's sort of where we met. So so you uh Jonah, you, you almost need to tell the
0: story. Like how do we meet Sandra?
2: Yeah, so I mean I met him I met him uh a good couple of years before you, but uh we worked together at a bar for many years. Um and yeah, you did, you did go to some school, but, but at some point you just kind of got very into all the techie-techie-savvy stuff that I don't really know anything about. But, and then me and you, we had a conversation about how interesting all this Web3 and crypto stuff is. And then I just briefly mentioned that, hey, I, I know this guy. You, uh, you, we we're, were actually roommates also, sort of. You, you lived upstairs in the
1: yeah. upper apartment. In the old town.
2: And then we just, you know... We brought you in for a coffee and
0: yeah yeah and because you know uh to give some context to why mintic started i was a trip in la in, in february of 2022 uh doing some some stuff i was attending a wedding and then doing some sessions and then i had some a lot of meetings with industry professionals there and everyone talked about nfts and everyone talked about you know all these kind of music nft projects and honestly i, I didn't really understand why the, that was a thing like I, I just don't understand why that would be something that were worth anything that people would actually put worth into it um have shown later is well wasn't really any worth but that's a different conversation but but what frustrated me is that excitement about new technology with no real application in my opinion uh so it's kind of like there got to be some like practical use case that we can do something about it so so we kind of like had that conversation about sundown like oh, let's invite him in and have a conversation and You came by our
1: small office uh at that time and can't even remember what we talked about Uh, well yeah we the thing was that we were supposed to just look at ways for capella to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to the technology and see if there was any ways for you guys to get into it yeah that be streaming or actual nfts or Yeah. yeah something like that and then we just kept on talking about what what can we use this technology for? And yeah, what should you guys be looking at?
0: Yeah, and I think that's the where the conversation is like, okay, so what can we actually use it for now if we want to venture into it? And we quickly concluded on ticketing. Um, I think as we're speaking and doing this podcast today, like that is one of the only real, like practical, practical use cases in the music industry where you can where where you can use it. So it's like, okay, let's do it. And I had started a few kind of. I've started one technology company before uh, that failed, but uh, I had some experience of how to approach it. And that's sort of just what we did. We defined a project. Uh, we, we got some investors that believed in, you know, using NFTs and blockchain for ticketing. And then we started, you know, started from scratch. We didn't really know anything. Uh, of course, we knew a bit about the music industry and we knew a bit about the technology, but besides that, we didn't know much. So. The way I see it, and I, I like to be a bit prerogative with my words, but we tricked you into becoming a founder.
1: Yeah, you yeah. kind of did,
0: but I'm <laughs> happy you did. Yeah, it's good because I think I knew what it took to to be a founder because I've, I've been pursuing this full-time for five years. And I
1: think I was trying to be honest about what it took, but I think you were trying to be honest, but at the same time you said that it was uh, something that you would kind of have to experience yourself you can just take anyone else's word for it Yeah. yeah and what's really interesting in this is because you previously to this had no ambition of becoming a founder no I wanted to hopefully just continue what I was doing at the time I stopped working at the bar I stopped my studies I was just sitting at home and working my own hours just finding out what was happening in the whole ecosystem yeah and just working mostly nights and just sleeping long and then staying up for hours and hours on end. And how do you make money from that? Well, I made some money with, it was a lot of luck. It was, uh, for example, I could buy into one project, a crypto project and it would just do well. And then I could sell some of it. And it was the same with some NFTs. I found some projects that I thought was cool I just wanted to test it out, but just for a couple of dollars, and it paid off. Yeah, and that's cool. So we we try to take that knowledge of
0: your knowledge of of how the technology was moving and how it can be used and how you could you know integrate it with other things. And we we built Mintix, and as we said, we built some some we got some investors, built a small first product. Fast forward to today, we've been going on for uh, fourteen months or so. Uh, and, and have like a product launched. Uh, it's the first company in the Nordics that's doing this and one of the, actually the few companies in the world that's venturing into this space. Mm-hmm. We've gotten some more investors. Uh, we've gotten a very good team. Uh, and we're like the start of the journey, but far enough to like prove that we can actually do something. So, so recently we actually won an award mm-hmm. uh, from Intex, So startup of the year at the Music Tech Conference in Bergen. Um, startup of the year within what? I, I don't quite know, but it's, it's something to do with like Norway, the Nordics. there's some different companies from different countries and an international jury. But nevertheless, there's like an industry recognition that what we're building has a potential and a purpose. Yeah.
2: But then again, hmm, me is the, the least uh, tech-savvy guy. So for the listeners that don't maybe necessarily yeah. understand anything about blockchain or crypto or yeah. anything, yeah um, maybe one of you guys could talk a little bit about. So, so what does potentially the blockchain technology contribute to the ticket, ticketing industry? Like, what, what's, the, what's, what's the actual problems that we are trying to solve?
0: Uh, it's an interesting question, and I just wanted to start with, with actually commenting one thing. It has nothing to do with crypto. Yeah, and th- that's good. Yeah. So, so it's good to know, <laughs> and thank you for asking that question. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, using, we're using blockchain as technology. If you can just briefly explain the technology,
1: then I can explain the industry application well it's uh all of when you say cryptocurrency or blockchain or nfts most people just think of it as one thing and that's crypto yeah but it's all about the technology that it's built upon and the blockchain technology that is what's underneath and it's kind of like you can view it as a book of transactions where everything can be viewed and if something is being transferred from one person to another, it's going to be on in this book and it can't be altered. And so to just speak in simple terms, it's you have very much transparency mm. and it uh, can't be hacked in that way. And so you won't have any fake tickets and you can have a better understanding of who are your actual fans if they have been to your show and you can show that you have the tickets yeah and uh, and now we're we're venturing into the industry application and we've been around like there's there's so
0: many applications with this technology in the music industry but the, the storytelling we're doing now uh is is that the primary purpose for us like having a relevance as a ticket company is that through blockchain technology we can enable venues promoters and artists having access to the secondary market what that means is when you buy a ticket that's called the primary market that directly from a ticket service from ticketmaster whatever it's a primary sale you buy that ticket from the service provider um if it's a very popular show or you can't go you want to sell that ticket to someone else that is called the secondary market and how the industry is kind of set up right now is there's some primary market providers or we know them, Ticketmaster, blah, blah, blah. And then you have the secondary market providers who are like either platforms such as TicketSwap mm. or it's like in Norway you have fin- like basically just a public marketplace or you know a friend and you send them money, transfer them money. Or you just post it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Let's call this the secondary market. The primary issue, well, there's a lot of issues, but the primary issue that we're addressing is that the artists promoters, and venues see none of that revenue up to 20% of popular shows, those tickets are resold, which means there's a lot of tickets, you know, big shows, there's thousands of tickets that are being resold and the people who created the worth, the content of what you're buying tickets to sees none of that revenue at all. So by using blockchain technology, we can tap into being primary platform as anyone else, but also tap into that secondary sale revenue what that means is that these creators that makes these shows see money they have never seen before. That's a huge argument of why this is important. Yeah. For the customer, the audience actually having some security in the trades, so you can have a secure platform or marketplace where you can sell your tickets. is also really important. And then there's multiple other aspects that we'll talk about. Uh, I think I also talked about it with the podcast with Josh Greenberg. It's about fandom so we believe as a company and i think in general most of the thought leaders in the music industry think about fandom as being the next thing in the music industry and it's basically back in the days when you were a fan you could buy cd on lp and you could you know really buy a lot of things from your favorite artist and contribute to that economy when streaming came in a lot of that disappeared now when going back into especially utilizing web3 or blockchain Getting into communities or drops or like exclusive material as a fan that you can access and that you can do that through our tickets as well. where we can be, let's call it the onboarding process into those utilities of blockchain gets a bit complicated. Yeah, <laughs> but but what we what we're trying to say is we believe that there we have or the technology and our service upon that technology has a much better solution than what is existing today. Does that make sense? You mm. have enough explanation? I'd say so. Cool. Yeah. So this episode is obviously not just about Mintix. It's, it's really about you or taking you as an example for, for what we're doing. So Sanda, you have been the CEO of a company and what that means we can also talk about. But basically your responsibility have been leading Mintix. Has that
1: been overwhelming for you? yes very uh if you would have asked me just a couple weeks before we even started Mintix if I was ever to become a CEO or of some company I would have just laughed and said no that's not me yeah and to be honest to this day it's still a weird feeling to have that much responsibility But it kind of grows on you and Mm -hmm. you learn that it's not so much about uh, what you see in the movies about the title ceo and it's more just you take responsibility and you make some decisions and yeah and we we do a lot of those decisions as a team if yeah because i'm not qualified for a lot of the stuff that we do but we have a very qualified team and so we have people that knows something and that makes it easier for me to accept that if someone comes with a decision about something then i can agree with them because i know that they are the best in their field
0: yeah yeah i think that's that's really the point because what what we have had some talks about recently is about you as a ceo because i i think you know um we've talked a bit about imposter syndrome about you know why am i here am i qualified and one of the really important talks we've had is you don't need to be perfect like that picture you have of that you know ceo from a movie you don't need to be that and what you can be as a ceo is you can be the one who drives the decisions and drives the momentum of the company but use all the resources available around you to do it and Minsix. At times, it's a quite large, com- like it, it, team. Like you know, you have around just local at this office. We have five people working on on the company, and you know, when we have developers and our development team, like we're up to like twelve, thirteen people that are involved in the project. So it does require a lot from you because at the end of the day, if someone needs to get something needs to get done, it's it's you. Yeah. Um. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that's also I think important to talk about is also the money side. So. How has that been financially for you, being the CEO of Mintix for 14 months?
1: Yeah, I had some money saved up and I could use that for basically paying for all of my necessary bills in the beginning and that was from all of my crypto stuff and eventually the market started going very much down. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) And I guess everyone has seen that, but so it was kind of lucky that I got to sell most of my stuff while... It was still in a relatively good market. But so I managed to live off that for a while. And then just recently we started, I started taking out a small salary and that was perfect timing. And so it's been kind of like the American way of living with the smallest amount possible while starting up. Yeah. And it's been a challenge, but it's definitely worked out
0: yeah because that's that is a thing we we at Capella like we're based in norway uh but we have multiple nationalities represented in a company and i think we will uh, at least very much american when it comes to the startup mentality compared to like how norwegians normally think uh of course we we try to we try to have security and we try to you know allocate budgets for salaries as much as we can but the reality of it is if it's a risk if it's a risk and we end it together and and that does
1: cost a lot of your own personal funds to take that risk so yeah and i also think it's important for founders to realize that the more money you want to take and salary the more money you have to get in from investors and you're gonna lose a bigger share of the company yeah and yeah so
0: at the end of the day like we believe in it so much we we don't want to just you know Get a lot of investors early on at very low valuation and then, you know, miss out on that opportunity. Mm. Of course, it needs to be a balance. Yeah. yeah. But, so, so, so Sunda, Capella right now, we're starting other companies and uh, we still have focus on Mintix, obviously. Um, but there's other people coming in in the same situation that you came in 14 months ago. Um, if you were to give them any advice, starting new companies anything that you thought like oh i wish i knew or maybe pair them a bit mentally like do you have something you would say to them
1: well i think one of the most important things is to surround yourselves with people that fill your gaps and yeah so there can be tons of stuff that you don't know anything about and a lot of that stuff is going to come gradually by by doing and being taught by others. And some of the stuff you don't even have to know that much about. You can know that it's happening, but you don't have to understand why. Because someone else is going to have an education or they're going to have a lot of experience within that specific field. And yep. if you trust them, then yeah, you don't have to do it for yourself. I think that's a great tip and advice because. I think in general
0: with entrepreneurs, especially in the music industry, when starting labels or managements or whatever, uh, there's like a, like one or two people and they try to be everything. Mm. And, you know, now Capella after some, we're going to be over 20 people. And I still feel like there's multiple things we don't have covered. Like 20 different individuals with 20 different backgrounds and educations and we still have stuff we don't have covered. Still have gaps to fill. So so how, how do you, how do you, think that you as a single person or a couple of people are able to take on all of that and do it perfectly
1: so I think that's a great advice Mm -hmm. I I think that's what we're talking about a lot right now yeah so and always have someone around you to talk about stuff as well so Mm. if you have a hard time and if it's getting too much for you then be honest about it and let the people you work with know and Mm. most likely like in my cases whenever I've felt that way I've just told you guys at the office how I'm feeling, and it's been a great help. And one thing is that you get it off your chest. Yep. Also, you would be surprised to see how much the people around you are going to step up and yep. help you get to where you need to be.
2: Yep. The well, number one pro tip, don't do it alone.
1: Yeah, yep. don't do it alone. Don't, don't do, do it, alone. it alone, yeah.
0: Okay, we've spoken about you, we've spoken about founders. We'll just give you just a couple of minutes explaining to the audience what Mintix, like? what is happening in the future, because I think we'll, we'll follow this company you know, through multiple episodes and, and the journey there. So we we have a place right now where we've launched a couple of products. It's live in the market. Right now, we're using exclusive partners to actually test the system, but it exists. And we just won start over the year. Uh, and I think that was based on the uh, level of uh, impact that the technology in our system could have in the industry. Um, but what's happening moving forward what are we focusing on
1: well right now we're gonna have to get some more capital to keep on developing the platform and we have a couple of crucial uh, stuff that we need to get in place before we can actually go out to just random customers we have uh, we have some shows with Capella right now and that's great for testing but to get out into the market we need to hide the blockchain stuff a bit more. Yeah. and What we- does that mean, hide the blockchain? I think that's interesting. Well, so what we're doing without getting too nerdy is we're using a hybrid wallet that's kind of in the background, so you won't even know that there is a wallet that you interact with the blockchain. And, and wallet is where the NFT is stored? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. the plan is to make it so that you just log into to our service using... Uh, either email, like Google, or you can use Twitter, or Facebook, whatever social media you have. And then it will be generated a wallet in the background for you. So when you purchase a ticket, it's just going to look like it's there in the an app. Yeah. But there is so much more going on in the background.
2: Yeah. And then if I can comment on that, what what that basically means for, for us uh, non-very tech-savvy people that don't really know what it is um it's it's that it's you know it's so user friendly that you know the general public will be able to use this system and they don't necessarily need to know that it has something to do with blockchain or yeah anything
0: yeah yeah so it's a long journey and i think there's definitely no sec- security in whether or not we'll get success i think it's a really interesting project we believe in the technology we believe in the team but there's so many factors to find whether or not we'll have success um, but nevertheless, like this is why Capella is here. We're here to take the big risks and start these companies in order to be innovative mm-hmm. in the music industry and create new opportunities. And hopefully Mints is going to be a great success. If it's not, um, we're going to exist for a long time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a lot of goes at this. I think this is going to be a really interesting thing. Yeah. But thank you so much, Sunda. And thank you, Jonah, for joining me as a casual co-host today. Hey, thank you for uh, having me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, And and... What we talked about today is the accidental founder. It's about that I believe that a lot more people can be founders than what they believe they can actually be themselves. I think there's, there's this belief that it needs to be a very strict and special type, one out of a million kind of type, that becomes this founder. I believe a lot more can become that, uh, but they need to be encouraged and put into systems where they can actually uh, develop that skill and develop that mindset. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we'll see a lot more in Capella through that. Well, thank you so much and um, see you next time.